All right, thank you for another episode of uh, the Not Anything Special podcast going over extreme ownership. Um, good book club. We're down to the last four chapters. Um, starting off with chapter nine, the plan. So, um, and that kind of goes back to everybody's heard Rennie's theory about, you know, analyzing the situation and, and attacking it, right, basically. And and the plan that Jocko and Leif go over is, is really um, the checklist for a leader, which is analyze your mission, identify um, personal personnel assets, resources, time availability, decentralize the planning process, basically taking a step back and, and looking at your key players and what's going on. Determine a specific course of action, empower key leaders to develop a plan, um, plan for likely contingencies and mitigate. So I think, um, I know I personally, I, I personally try to utilize the, um, they call it the, in Cal Fire, it was, it was the management cycle. And a lot of people on the West Coast use the management cycle, which is plan it, organize it, staff it, direct it, reevaluate, and you just keep going in a circle. That's why they call it a management cycle. So it's pretty much the same thing, except for what I really like is how he's doing the decentralized command and he keeps talking about decentralized command throughout the throughout the book and um, analyzing what your mission is. And that kind of goes into analyzing is why. Why are we even doing what we're doing? Why are we a detailer? Why are you having certain goals in life that you that you have? And it goes back to that whole book that we're eventually going to read in book club, which is the why, right? By Simon Sonek and, and really understanding your why. Um, I can tell you my why for detailing is going to be completely different than Chris's why or Ryan's, both Ryan's why's for detailing. My why is my dad made me do it nine years old as a mechanic. He, on the weekends, he did mechanical work at home. And then I got paid a dollar or 50 cents to wash the whole car with like, either whatever liquid we had in for, or it was a lot of times it was just Ajax or Comet in a bucket swirled around. And then I'd take a sponge or a towel and wash the car. So that way the car was clean. By the time my dad's clients got to the house to pick up their car. And so I enjoyed it because I got to work with my dad, all that kind of stuff. And then later on in life, I worked at car washes through high school. I did body shops through college. And then when I retired from the fire service, what do I enjoy? Because I kept doing it through the fire service. Well, that gives me my Zen time. So why not start a business? So that's my why. Chris, what's your why for, for detailing? So honestly, mine started out, honestly, as therapy. Um, you know, coming from my background, it, we had to maintain our, our units, um, patrol units and our uh, fire apparatus but you know and I kind of took a passion in it, especially setting up a new apparatus or anything like that but um after some 
bad incidents and everything, it honestly became more of a therapy for me. Go out there and run a polisher and just zone the hell out and put everything behind me, um, which ended up turning into more of a, a passion than anything, uh, which was good because it got my mind off of everything else, you know, all the background noise that I had going on. So uh kind of led me into where I'm at today. Um, you know, coming from our backgrounds and everything like that, training, 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 training. I was huge on training. So of course I wanted to know everything I was doing and a little more in depth. And that's what led me into you know, I started out at Majestic Solutions and January 19, that was my first true training class. And I walked away and felt like I was missing so much more that, that was out there. And that's when I heard about Rennie, uh, researched Rennie and uh, signed up and was out there before in May of 19. So, you know, I, I don't like any unknowns. I don't like not being able to solve a problem. Um, so kind of that's where it all led to. And now. I just keep busy. I keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this industry. Um, more and more and more. I got more things coming up. Just keep going deeper, which it honestly, it helps me. So it's kind of yeah. where it led. That's awesome. And then we have uh, identify, which, you know, that kind of goes into uh, what uh, Tucker's dad's talking about, right? Did you listen to um, his thing when we were at MTE I listened to it and then I picked up so much more from his webinar the other night it's like oh I forgot about that or I forgot to write that down in my notes or oh yeah that's such a good idea and it's about you know what your assets are your resources and part of that is all about going back to analyzing okay well I have these resources and what is my what, what am I doing here why why do I want to do this and what am I going to do? Am I going to do the tent? Am I just going to do washing cars and ceramic coating and polishing? Or am I going to move on to that tent and then move on to PPF? It's really where you're at in your business and what you feel comfortable and what you want to do. Like Jess told me I should take the class uh, that her and Travis just took from, uh, what is it, Josh's buddy, because she was like, well, you could just order the PPF pieces from whatever company and then you could put it on the you know the door jam area right there and you could put it you know replace the one the uh the the uh, door handle ones that go now they're making them to go in the door handle so the long fingernails don't scratch the car but um all that kind of stuff and I'm just still like eh, maybe I don't know if I want to put that as an add-on because that's just not where I'm at right um but I think like identifying what you have and then the knowledge that you have, like you were just talking about knowledge, the, the knowledge, skills, and abilities of who you are, where you're going, your goals to where you're going, and then having those knowledge, skills, and abilities built up even more. Um, just, I keep training, I keep listening to podcasts, I keep doing anything I can I'll like freaking get on every like the Pain Assassins website or SB3's website or there's all these different Facebook pages, right? The Mafia's got such a unique hold and on certain things, but that doesn't mean you still can't go out and seek other knowledge. It 
not everybody has the biggest brain. And when you're more than one person, it just becomes something more than that. Um, decentralizing the planning process and empower your key leaders within the team. I'm sure you do that with, uh, with your guy, like you've talked about it. What's his name again? I can't remember his name. Vadim. Vadim, that's it. So decentralizing yourself and kind of, you know, it's taking your hand off the, the weapon and putting the scope down and, and looking around and decentralizing. Okay, I don't need to look down the scope so much. I need to look at an overview. And then it puts Vadim up for the next leadership area. So how, do, how are you working with that? It actually has done very well. So, you know, at first he was always in, and like I, like I said before on other podcasts that uh, he was always coming to me to making sure he was making that right decision. You know, I was, I was forcing him to do test spots and telling me what we need to do, how we need to do it. Um, as funny as it comes up, cause this past week, he, uh, we actually had a good, a perfect client for a uh, wash clay ceramic, you know, real quick, easy, boom, in and out. And, um, I was busy working on one of the other vehicles, um, doing some other things to it, you know, some headlight correction and a couple other things. And I just, I just cut him loose on it, you know, not one question, not one, anything. He, he just knocked it out, you know, um, he actually, he actually beat me before I was done, which was, <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, okay. Now I'm starting to see, you know, and he felt, he felt very confident, which was good. Cause I know now, all right now you're thinking you know now you're starting yeah. to get starting to see that light bulb come on in this and so and so i'm just gonna let him let him keep on you know let him do it that's awesome and you're empowering him to make it to make those plans as well right to kind of plan things out a little bit more as well absolutely absolutely i ask him how he wants to you know i make him make decisions before we pull up you know just tell me how we're going to run it that way putting some power in his hands and i'm like okay it's good and he has a pretty good grasp on what you know we all in the fire service and police departments and armed forces use commander's intent mm -hmm. right do you understand and basically it's just understanding the intent of the order or the intent of what we're supposed to be doing i mean it's pretty simple on a structure fire it's pretty simple on on a lot of different tasks but yeah. When you when you go to a, a bigger global picture is like um, even just for business, like I have a person that I'm bringing into my business and and she's, well, you're still like, it's your business. I'm just here and she's a 1099 because she's a realtor. So she's going into the home coatings process, but still learning polishing and all that kind of stuff. So understanding my intent and I sent her down to PNS uh, and she trained with Sydney for a day. And that was good because it now she's able, what she calls talk shop. She's like, oh, well, you know, she starts using the lingo, but understanding my intent of how I built my business in the Bay Area and now transitioning it into the Sacramento Valley, it's completely different for her. She's like, well, what do you mean? You got to understand what what the area's money-making scope is and how many, like, I'm on how many detail shops you want me to open up a shop here, but how many shops are already open? What is my competition? And how much money do we have in the area to even suffice another shop? Do we have enough money in there? Absolutely. 
but we have to have the area bogged down. So I don't want to be right next to another detailer. That doesn't do anything for us. So I think for like in my situation, her understanding my intent of the business is is kind of a learning process for her. Do you have any any good stories about Commander's intent with with Vadim? Yeah, he knows my intent. I mean, he definitely does. Um, actually, our five-year plan was for him to open up a second shop for me in his area up in Asheville, North Carolina, which is very, very, very open. So um, definitely he understood that. He understands my goals um, and he understands my process. Um, he knows that I'm just not going to jump. He knows I want to know numbers. I want to know details and everything like that and which is good for him because he is very 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 much ocd so he will research the crap out of something which is good which is good to, awesome. to a certain extent uh, sometimes like you know on a job it might be a little too much like yo bro we gotta go you know <laughs> so yeah definitely um in pushing him to do that research and see what i am i'm seeing it from my views um has been the biggest he understands it now. At first, it was just, you know, all he sees is that big structure fire and it's just going. And he just knows, oh, run to it, you know. No, <laughs> think tactics, you know, step back. Let's think tactics. How are we going to attack this? You know, what do we need to do? Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely, it's, it's definitely come along. He's definitely come a long way, you know. So, he definitely understands me now 100% where we want to go. Where do you think you could detach more? Hmm. I'm getting there, honestly. I'm actually letting him um, do a little more. Um, I, I need to detach more from uh, him doing the customer relations. I need to do that because I'm always the one to be speaking up. I need to force him more in front of those, those customer relationships and, and discussions, you know? Um, I know he knows it. He's just that quiet person, you know, he, he's just really quiet. So I need to force him more into that side of it. What about Reddy and Ryan? I'm just going to call him Reddy and Ryan because there's two Ryans on today. Are you there, Ryan? He might just be listening while he's doing stuff because it's still four o'clock our time. It's still early. It's still early. He might be working. I was going to talk to him because he's got those employees that he's trying to bring up the ladder just a little bit more, trying to take a little bit more common sense approach to the, their plans and his and his intent to things. And oh, is he there? There you are. Can you hear me? Yeah. So did you hear the question I asked you? can you hear me yeah i can we can hear you okay i had to disconnect from my headphones it's okay um what was the question sorry i'm correct so, uh, commander's intent so basically do your guys know the intent of like whether it's a goal today a week's goal the two-week goal and then how are you how are you detaching from that sometimes to kind of let them be a leader as well? Um, for me, it's, I feel like where I struggle is trying to get them to understand the vision 
and see it because I'll feel like they understand it and like what we're doing. And then we get going down the road and they have no idea or something goes wrong. You know, for instance, we just did say a, a mobile job this week and uh, we don't typically go mobile too often. And we're doing four completes in a day. And so it was already going to be crazy, you know, and I laid it out for my guy. Like, hey, here's what we plan on doing. Here's what we're going to do. And I apparently I did not lay it out well enough because I thought he understood. Same thing we're doing. We're just mobile doing it, you know, and we ran into issues. And thank God I read this book, uh, these last three chapters this weekend, because it made me step back and think like, okay, where am I wrong in this? And what can I do to explain this better and to plan better? Like what what could I have done? so that this could have came out. And I ended up just pulling my main guy aside, talking to him about it, being like, hey, here's what we're gonna do, here's why, here's what we're gonna do to get it done in this amount of time. And he's like, okay, cool, no problem since then. So I guess it's just really sitting down and planning and having those briefings, you know, taking the time instead of it just being a quick little five minute thing where I'm like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Cause every time I sit down and plan and we have a big project, it goes well. And then just letting my main guy take it to the rest of the people and have their plan for that process on whatever way they want to do it in the best way possible. And then they come back and, and let me know. How awesome was that for you to realize that this week? Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty rad. Like, be like, oh. Well, it helps me not be a jerk too, you know, and not just get pissed <laughs> off right away. Yeah. Well. But it also helps you become more efficient because you're not having to go back and redo things. You're not having to go back and, and like, oh, we came up against this hookup because I didn't explain it well, or I did not, you did not understand the intent of what we are doing today because you didn't understand why. Yeah. And so there's no buy-in when there's no why, right? They don't know the why. So there's no buy-in from, from them to go, oh yeah, right on, dude. I'm right here. <laughs> So that's awesome. Congratulations. That's a huge step and especially being more efficient. That's rad. Yeah, it was it was cool. That's awesome. Let's see. Um well and how do you encourage questions and discussion? That's kind of a good one for you, Ryan, because you just kind of hit the nail on the head about, you know, how to encourage questions and discussion among your team ensure that everyone is understanding the plan and the mission. You kind of just went over that, right? Yeah. You, you have the difference between not really explaining as well or thoroughly and for them to understand the why you're doing things. And then they go, oh, yeah, if I just ex take that, how long do you think it takes you an extra five minutes to, to explain a little bit more thoroughly? Yeah, an extra five minutes and just to deal we didn't really know what we were stepping into because it was the first time we were going mobile for this company. So it was already kind of chaos. Like yeah. they were pulling vehicles around, bringing some, like taking some, you know? And so we had to deal with that. And I'm sitting there trying to get ahead of that, that curve as much as possible, you know, while they're throwing it at me. And my guys are hard to keep they're not keeping up with what we're doing but me actually pulling him aside and taking that extra five minutes taking that extra 10 minutes you know 
and explaining here's why, here's what they're doing, it made a world of difference, you know? And I didn't have to jump down my guy's throat and turn around because that's what was happening. I was having to go back. I was having to fix things. And I'm like, no, we do this every day. Like there's, there's no difference. And instead of me getting upset about it, being like, Hey, Hey, what's going on from your perspective, hearing his perspective and being like, okay, here's mine. Where can we meet? Here's why I'm doing this. And whenever I take that approach and keep calm with it, things end up going just how they're supposed to, you know? Well, then it, it's also, it builds on itself, right? Cause then he's in power to even be more coherent with you meaning like he's there he's more like side by side stepping with you rather than well I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing now he's like right there he's right next to you he's doing his job and then it empowers him to be even better because like now you're like hey man good job today there's no issues that's rad like so every day it's going to build on each other and he's going to get better at his job because now he's got more empowerment. He feels better about himself at work. And, you know, his boss isn't upset with his skills and, and his abilities because he's getting it, you know? So it, it's just going to build on itself. I'm super pumped for you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we just went over uh, number five too. So that's good. Um, This is a good one. So if you were tasked to brief your piece of the mission, what is your game plan to deliver an exceptional brief to your team and how will you do it? So I'll give you an example. Um, we're going to go to the races. What is that town between Reading and Red Bluff where they have the races that are going to start? pretty soon everybody comes and does those cars around the track there and is it uh, near anderson? anderson so yeah. you're gonna so let's say your team is going to be in charge of wiping down cards with bead maker and all that kind of stuff and how would you brief them to go out and do that um for it's now, just fun this is just fun like yeah now let me let me put it this way now how am i going to brief them on how to do that before listening to the book and reading the book again um <laughs> not as organized now i'm gonna let every one of my team members know exactly what they're doing and then explain it back to me just so we have an understanding okay what are we doing how are we doing it what happens if we run, run into this you know go over any problems that may occur and find a solution for it and that includes my team telling me what might occur you know because i may not be working on those things and so just keeping that open line of communication and i try to keep that with with my employees like hey let me know if you run into anything if you have any questions let me know i'm gonna be i'll be cool like if you ask questions like it's at the end of the day when you know you didn't ask any questions and something's wrong and i go over there and nothing's done and i'm like what's going on here that i have a problem and so that's what I think moving forward, and this was a really good experience and just so happened to pop up at, at the perfect time that I could yeah. you know, recognize it. I think that moving forward, because we're doing that same job once a month. And so we can just learn from it and grow from it and, and really plan it out this time. Okay, here's where we failed or here's where we're, you know, 
running slow on and here's where we need to step it up and here's where we're doing good and we'll keep it with this. I like how you said if there's any problems, this is how we're going to mitigate it. You didn't say the word mitigate, but same thing, right? There's a problem. This is what we're going to do. And that's, I think sometimes we forget to do the what ifs, right? I used to do it on the way to like a big wildland fire or a structure fire or a vehicle fire. Um, I used to talk to my firefighters. It's only a couple minutes before we get there, but it's huge to go, hey, we're gonna, we're just gonna attack it like X, Y, and Z. It looks like this is what's going on. And then I would ask every single person in the engine, I'd have three other people be like, hey, give me a problem that can occur and how are we gonna mitigate it? And each one of them would have to come up with a problem pretty quickly because I wanted their mind on the game. I wanted their mind on the fire. What can happen? What's a usual thing that can occur and how can we mitigate that problem? You know, as simple as like, for some reason, the pressure relief valve gets stuck or whatever. Like, how are we going to mitigate that? We run out of water. You know, like there's so many different things that can happen on a fire, but it's the purpose of getting the, brain, the brains, right? Working towards something that they're having to do. And now their brain is already turning before the job. Their brain's already like in the game. They're ready to attack. So I just love that you're like, hey, if there's any problems, this is what we're going to do. So that's good. Um, moving on to the next chapter. That's rad. Uh, leading up and down the chain of command. You and um, I think, yeah, you and Chris are the only ones that really have multiple employees at this point in time. How are you guys leading up and down the chain of command? Chris? Well, mine's fairly easy. My span of control is very easy. Um, <laughs> no, nah, um, that's a good one. I mean, we we utilize like if he has something come up, uh, he he's gonna turn right to me or or Marcy. But um, so I, I'm trying to find a good example of this. Well, as simple as day off. I mean, he he goes in, you're able, you know, and I make sure that you know you give me two weeks notice ahead of time. You know, something so simple as that. Um, but I, I make him utilize you're able that way. I can see. You know, okay, I need to adjust here for whatever he's got going on. Um, yeah, I don't know, Ryan. I, yeah, I know you got a better one. Got to. Yeah, I don't know. That's something I struggle with uh, a lot because people that I've had in place in the past, managers and stuff, um, I don't feel like they were the right people. And with saying that, I don't feel like they were led the right way by me. It's something that I struggle with. Like I've read this book five times in the dichotomy of leadership and just trying to get a grasp on it. And uh, for me, when I try to put things into place, like, Hey, this is your job to do something. Like you need to explain this to them like this. It becomes a big deal in the sense of like, almost gossip like no you need to go tell them something like don't tell me like there's no need to tell me go tell them have you said anything to them yet well no i'm going to okay we'll do that you know and that's what i've 
that's just an example of something that I keep running into in the past is like, okay, where am I failing at explaining this job title and what they're supposed to do? And where can I better this? So each new employee, I try a different route and a different path and it gets me a little bit closer, but I don't think. uh, A little bit closer is better than not. Yeah. I (laughs) adjust and tweak things a little bit. So Um, leading up and down the chain of command to me is more of um, being a team player. When you're a team player, you can lead by just being the team player or you can be the follower. It doesn't really, it's not exactly a science, right? So if you're being that good team player and you're doing everything and you're being that person that's doing their job, no matter what the task is, then it's allowing your firefighters, like in my circumstance, to have a lot of team members, right? With detailing is if I'm doing that, then they're going to see that and they're going to be like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then my chief's going to see that. And then my chief would say, oh, well, Sam, do you want to take command of this incident? Or you're going to go ahead and keep command of this incident. And I know it's going to make your brain hurt, but I'm going to stand right next to you. So giving tiny little bits of, of that confidence to those team players by even just going, hey, you know what? can you go do task A? And it could be something simple. And then, but you saying, Ryan, hey, you know, I trust you. Can you go do this task? And by saying the word trust, all of a sudden it'll pump up your employee. So meaning that the word trust is is symbolic with like, oh, my, my guy like really likes me. Like all of a sudden, like they just puts him in a different mindset by saying, hey, I really trust you to do this. Can you go do this for me? It's super important or just kind of giving those little tiny words and it may not be important. Um, Maybe you don't exactly trust them all the way, but you know, they can do the job. So it's just that little tiny task. And then all of a sudden they're going to be leading from the bottom. They're going to be like, Oh, this needs to get done. They're going to take ownership of something and be like, Oh, well, you know what? Those tires don't look as good. We need to make sure that they're brushed with that tire shine a little bit better because the, it's just not, it's not to a good standard yet. There's a lot of missing spots. Just the simple things like, hey, even if you've already checked out the car, Ryan, go, hey, man, can you do a walk around real quick and make sure I, I, I got, I know that you'll do a good job. Can you do a walk around, make sure everything got done? And it kind of gives them a little pump up. I don't know. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah, because you've already done the walk around, yeah. right? You know, there's nothing wrong. But what if he finds something? or she or whoever it is, find something that you didn't even see. And then you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. Even the trust thing, like, Hey, I trust that you're going to do this. Like, Hey, will you go hit those windows? You know, I can trust you doing those. Yeah. Even though that's just me being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, window. Awesome. <laughs> like windows are those things, man. Like you gotta, uh, God. So a great example of like um so before she went down to train with sydney it was um i taught her i steam my windows if i'm steaming a car i'm steaming the windows so i've already got absolute in the in my steamer so i love it to death but like i've already got it in my steamer so it's already cleaning right the windows 
And I may put a little bit of interior express on the inside of the window if it's really, I mean, every freaking BMWs, I can't stand how much off gassing those damn things do, but whatever, right? I'll put a little bit of interior express and Subaru is another car, man. Freaking just did a Subaru, I swear to God. I just did it like two months ago and I felt like the windows were black on the inside from the off gassing from this thing. And so I wiped down the window really quick with an interior and then I showed her, I'm like, how to steam it right and then she goes down and and she saw sydney has showed me this block method i'm all okay so let's let's have a contest i'm all sydney's absolutely right you can do that when you're not using a steamer but let's we're using the steamer on this car and you're going to do the block method let's see who's done first and she's sitting there on this freaking uh this bmw trying to get the grime off and she couldn't get it off so I don't understand. Sydney did it so quickly and easily. It was on this Mercedes and blah, blah, blah. blah. Every car is different. Every car has got issues. You just got to know what it is. So that was hilarious. Um, I had to tell that story. That was like, it just made me laugh my butt off because like she learned something really cool from Sydney with the microfiber block and she was like showing it off to me and it was rad. And I was like, I love that method. That's great. Um, how do you handle a situation when you or your team need to execute a plan or action that you don't agree with? So you have a customer and do you ever have those customers? You're just not agreeing with what they want, but that's what they want. So you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just had one. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I actually just had two of them in the same day. And uh, it, they were wanting things done just right now. And they were wanting coatings. And it's been snowing up here and, you know, getting all the rain that California's been getting. And this guy wanted a headlight restoration on two vehicles. And he's like, well, I need it back in this time and this time. And he thought he scheduled with me, but he scheduled with another detailer. And I'm like, well, I didn't have you in. I never spoke with you. Like, I'm not the guy you talk to, you know. And uh, he's like, okay. And he tried to force his schedule on me. So I just let him know like, hey, here's my suggestion. Here's my recommendation, what we do. Um, if, if that doesn't work for you, I'm sure there's a detailer out there that'll, that'll fit your needs, you know? And also you can take this. Like if you're going to go against my, my suggestion on not taking this, this coding out until the next morning, because he brought him at like 2.30 p.m., <laughs> and, and I'm like dude and so I was like and if you want to take them that's fine just know that coating's not going to last and you just paid me 150 bucks you know to do a headlight restoration for no reason like you're going to diminish any protection I put on there and it's just going to wear down but that's on you so if you want to do that that's okay and we can set up this wholesale account and you can keep doing that but it ended up going well and the same thing with another guy that called me and wanted to get a coating in the next day Okay, well, can you do it Friday? Can you bring it Friday? Yeah, I can do it Friday. Can you have it done in a day? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what your vehicle looks like. I haven't seen it yet, you know? Well, actually, Thursday. Can we do it Thursday? No, I can't do it Thursday. Um, we have other stuff. If you want to bring it Thursday, it'll be done by Friday evening. I can tell you that, you know? Oh, no, well, you can't just do it Thursday? No, and if that's not going to work for you, there's probably another detailer out there. I'm not going to gonna jeopardize the quality that i put out and you can go see them you know 
I just kind of nip it in the butt. Like it, it doesn't get any further with me than that. So that was a long drawn out explanation. No, no, you're fine. Everybody's going to learn from everything. Right. So, you know, so that's good. I don't care how long it is. <laughs> oh, is it Richard Ambrose got on? So that's good. Hey, Rich. Um, we're talking about, uh, I'm not sure how long you've been on, but um, we were just talking about executing plans that you don't really want to do, but you do it anyway. Do you have any experience with that? How do I get on? Can you hear me? Yeah. I oh, hear hey. Yeah. Hi. Hey. hey. How are you? Good. Can you ask the question again? I'm still trying to figure all this technology out. <laughs> it's it's a no you're fine you're doing great um executing a plan that you don't exactly agree with and having you and your team do it so basically you don't agree with it but you're going to execute the plan or action how do you handle the situation well guess you just do it there's really no unless it's going to put somebody's life in danger i mean you just do it yeah yeah you know it's kind of like being on you know air force one well you got to be up underneath that b-29 wing for the next three hours i don't necessarily agree with it but i'm gonna have to do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great workout yeah yeah shoulders you know, like, I yeah i bet your shoulders are achy after that one you look like a T-Rex by the time you're done. <laughs> so, like I said, it's just one of those things where you may not necessarily agree with it, but what, unless you're calling the shots, it's just something you got to do. That's why you're there. Yeah. You know, like I said, unless it's going to endanger somebody or endanger yourself, just kind of go with it. So when you're when you're making a plan, let's say you have a team with you. Let's uh, bump it up. And anyone can answer. Anyone can answer. You love the hair. <laughs> um, anyone can answer this question. So it's not in it's not in the list here, but I just figure it's on topic. Um, I know I know what I did when I did not agree with my supervisor, and I had to go do an action. Inside of me, I was pissed. It's like, this makes zero sense. There's zero why. There's zero accountability. It's not an unsafe thing, but fuck, I got to go do this task. And now I've got to pump up my team to go do a task that I know they're not going to like. I know that they're not going to want to do it, but I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to have, so how do you go pump up your team? You get right there next to them. Y'all yeah. suffer. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. it. That's yeah. really. I mean, when that's when it, you lead by example. You get there, you'll be the first one in there. Hey, we all got to be in the crap. I'm gonna be the first one in. I'll be yeah. the last yeah. one. Like the question that Rennie asked this morning. So I got eyelash or something. My uh, Rennie. The question that Rennie asked this morning. You know, how do you, how do you, um, how can you win the war, right? Um, forget how the question was answered, but just like you said, and somebody said that movie, um, we are soldiers with Mel Gibson, 
mm-hmm. you know he may not that. That, that he may not that the major or whatever rank he was at the time he may not have necessarily agreed with what he was doing but he showed the initiative and he said well if we're all going to go i'll be the first one in and that's when to leave mm-hmm. you know it's kind of in that yeah. nature Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like doing the 5,000 foot hose lay in Southern California in the San Bernardino Mountains that leads to freaking nowhere for no reason. And your cue says, We need this hose lay. And you're like, It's midnight. Mm-hmm. And now you have your engine crew and three other engine crews, and you got to go explain it to them. Mm-hmm. And I just be like, I just get a hose pack on. I get as much gear as I can on myself to show that I'm going to freaking lead this and we're going to have a positive and fun time and be like, and we're going to joke the whole way, start making jokes, having a good time. Like, all right, let's go do this. It's going to nowhere, but you know what? Sky's the limit. We're going to have fun doing it because by 8 a.m. we're going to be off the line in a hotel sipping our water next to the pool, right? Yeah. So it's just one of those things. It's explaining it and having a positive affirmation attitude and being the first in line to go, it's a shit sandwich and I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Um, let's see. Strategic plans. What steps can you take to find a, a way to better understand how you immediately how your immediate tactical plan contributes to the greater strategic plan. It's a good question. This is a good one for you. So uh, think engine squad, ambulance 51, uh, you had an immediate tactical plan that contributes to your greater strategic plan right mm-hmm. so what's your tactical plan when you go in there first off do i have enough people to accomplish what i need to have accomplished yeah and then tactically how are you what was people didn't understand why you had the this queen right i was like oh yeah we're gonna put down some stuff for in a museum heck yeah i'm glad he brought it right mm-hmm. but there was a couple people are like what the heck is this yeah, that's a that's a tactical thing that goes along overall to the strategic plan, which is also to keep the area clean and unencumbered, like we were never there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it always changes. You know, we had there was a base of people that were coming in or that were there for the days that we had agreed on, but then there were also people that came one to two days out of the three. Correct. So now you've got less people one day, you've got more people the next. So how do we put that all together and make sure that we get the benefit of all those hands um, and make the project work and have a successful outcome? Yeah. And what do you tackle? What do you tackle first? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody grab a piece and just hit the polish. <laughs> If you've ever yeah. done fire department thing, Ryan got a Ryan got a view of that with a Pierce paint job. Ryan De Silva got that. Uh, had him up on a Pierce black 
And the purest black is kind of like polishing. You know, those little side panels on, on cars now that aren't really paint, they're just like that plastic and it's right next to the windows on the doors. And they're kind of like, it's not paint. It's like more like a plastic clear and right. it's like either black. Pierce fire engine black paint is exactly like polishing that. So Ryan got a chance to do that. And yeah, I hanging like, upside down. Yeah. He hanging was off the side of it with the six inch pad on a four and a half inch uh, backing plate. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Was, yeah. <laughs> Well, he learned a lot, though. He learned a I lot. I did. I did. Yeah. He learned a lot. It was strategic. I just put you and Chris Tavieris up there and let you, like, go to town. <laughs> yeah, like count me in this year, by the way. Yeah. You going to go all three days? Yeah, I'd like to. My birthday's on the 27th, so um, I don't think I have any plans, so. Oh, well, we'll do something special right. for your birthday. Yeah, that'll, that'll be my birthday celebration. We'll do something. We'll do something special for you. Don't worry. Um, decisiveness amid uncertainty. That's such a good one. Oh my God. I had a captain that was, um, I'd already been a captain and I didn't like it because number one, I didn't get paid enough to be a captain because I got paid more money to be an engineer paramedic than I did a captain. So I demoted myself back to engineer paramedic it was rad like i got paid 250 more dollars and i didn't even have to be the captain so yeah. it was less responsibility got paid more money it was rad um but decisiveness versus uncertainty and he it's not that he didn't have the knowledge and the skills and ability to do his job because he certainly did super amazing brain but it came down to his um, confidence. So he was uncertain about every action that he did. And he'd look at me, um, he would do a scene size and he's like, all right, Sweden, what are we doing? And I'd look at him and I'm like, all right, is this what you wanna do? Yep, that's what I wanna do, I'm all perfect, let's go do it, you know? Or um, he was just so uncertain about everything because he'd been pounded down by a, a battalion chief in another area that he just felt like his, his confidence was super low by the time he got to the station I was at. And um, so having to be decisive in an uncertain situation, when you're on a freaking ladder, 105 foot ladder truck, and you're going to a fire that's blowing and going, it's, it's pretty, to have to do that decisiveness is, is like a different level, right? Because you have everybody's lives in your hands and you have the lives of firefighters beneath you when you're going to cut on a, on a, um, on a roof. So I guess when you lead this to, when you lead it to doing decisiveness and uncertainty, I would say that's kind of like polishing on a like a $2 million freaking car when you're at freaking, when you're at Monterey week, right? And then all of a sudden you got to polish something on the car and you're like, what? It's like, like my confidence level is there, but like I looked at the price tag 
And then all of a sudden my confidence went like up here to like, this is like, this is a $2 million car right now. And um, I'm not sure if I want to, you sure you don't want to do this? No, you got it. You got it. And I'm like, and it's just like any other car that I've done. That's a classic car, but it, it's different. Right. So I was, I was decisive before I knew the price of the vehicle. I knew that it had to be polished. It had something in it that I just thought it could look better. But I was uncertain once I knew the price. I was like, holy crap. You guys ever had that situation? Yeah, most definitely. How do you, how do you guys overcome that? How do you get your team to overcome that? Back to basics. Go back to basics. Love that. I mean, it really is just, you know what to do. You just gotta, right. you gotta take that and do it. Get it back to your basics. Right. Yeah, I think again, you do it first. Yeah. Yeah. The best take way that. to, the best way to instill confidence is that you may not know what you're doing or you may know what you're doing, but you are also feeling that, that sense of insecurity. And then you just say, okay, well, you know what? It's got to get done. We got to do it. Here we go. Let's do it. It's just like start, we're all starting up our businesses. We all had yeah. that, you know, oh yeah. crap, you know? Yeah. It's the fear. Yeah. And where does that fear come from, right? It was a, what is it, Romero? You can always speak up, Romero. I'm going through that insecurity as I just left my full-time job to dedicate more time to the business. Romero, you have so much more to offer than just detailing, bro. Yeah, I know, but it's still an insecurity. Um, it's one of those things, um, having a house payment, car payment, you know, a, a young family, and always not having somebody um, that I learned from with a business, it makes it extremely difficult because I, I've have to deal with uh, a lot of family members and, you know, I even if you, lived, you need to, you need to understand your worth Romero. I think that's yeah. what you're, you're at right now, bro. Cause, um, if I had a shop and you were right next to me, you would be like one of my partners without a doubt. You're an A, you're an ASC certified mechanic. Do you know what you can offer in a detailing shop with an ASC certified mechanic? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've been pushing for and trying to convince myself more than anything. And that's one of the biggest things that I've, I've reached a point with the full-time job that uh, I pretty much hit a plateau where I wasn't seeing any growth in the business side of things. And um, the, the shop that I was in knew of my plan. So life in that job wasn't wasn't getting any easier as the days were were going by um and so ultimately I made that decision and pretty much um have set myself given myself a, a timeline um to work things out a certain way and if I saw you know, that there was no yet? change um to on the second on the second part-time job sorry do you have a website yet Sorry, a website. Yes, I do. Do you put on there that you're an ASC yes. certified mechanic? Yes, I do. I'm actually 
uh, working very closely with Chris uh, Tabiros. Okay. Um, uh, he has a person, a marketing person um, that's helping me, that's going to be helping me with a few different things. Good. Um, and I'm really excited for that for sure. Okay. Okay. Because you can, like, I can come up with probably 20 things right now because of the fact that in the state of California, it's super bad. Like Rich gets it. I get it. Ryan gets it. When you're an ASC certified mechanic, not only are you able to boast that when you talk to your clients saying, Hey, you know what? Um, most people can't do this, but I can take your wheels off and ceramic coat your wheels. Just so you know, I can, I can do the barrels. I can make sure they're torqued down to the appropriate amount of attention. And I'm actually certified and my insurance covers me to do so. So I just want to make sure that you know that. And so as long as you have not, the proper when insurance, picking, when they're not picking you, well, you just got to have the right insurance, right? So when they're not picking you, you make sure, like when I tell people on the phone, I say, Hey, um, you don't have to come. Like I pretty much, when they start to go on the, on the fence, I go, Hey, you know what? You don't have to choose me. I'm, I'm okay that you don't choose me. I'll give you all this information. You can call me back, ask tons of questions. But if you do decide to go with somebody, please make sure they're IDA certified. And then they're like, what's IDA certification? And then I go into what an IDA certification and skills validated person is. And then all of a sudden I get that customer. So not only do you have IDA certified, skills validated, I'm an ASC mechanic. I understand your vehicle in and out. I know when I'm doing that engine bay, what to hit, not to hit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know more about the vehicle that I could ever know. You, your knowledge and your skills and your abilities, I call them KSAs, are so much more about a vehicle than I will ever know on so many different angles because of that your schooling of being a mechanic, that you need to make sure that you're hitting that when you're talking to your customers, especially if they're on the fence. Hey, you know what? It's okay if you don't choose me, but make sure you get someone who's knowledgeable about, you know, having the IDA certification and skills validated. And they're going to ask you, well, what's IDA? And you know, it's the ASC of mechanics. Do you know what an ASC of mechanics is? And most people do. Go, I happen to be an ASC mechanic too. You can go into that whole line. There is a perfect avenue for you to be able to go. I'm not only IDA skills validated and certified, I'm also an ASC mechanic. So I just don't know how to polish your paint. I know all about your vehicle. I know the ins and outs of what to do and how to do your vehicle without a doubt. You should not have a doubt in your mind that I'm going to be able to get the job done. I mean, you, you have so much that you can offer, especially in this state, that it's, it's ridiculous. Thank you. So you you're going to do a freaking amazing, Romero. You're going to do amazing. Yeah, I just have to those insecurities for sure. Um, but I agree with you. And that's one of the biggest uh, motivators of um, compared to a lot of people that are around in my area, uh, I feel like because of that, I have an advantage. I just have to figure out the way to go after it. Yeah. I mean, have you talked to David Smith? Do you know David Smith? 
David Smith no. is a is a mechanic and he opened up a shop in Alaska. Um, his wife Nicole does all of the advertisement for the shop. So I would um, just kind of chew Dave's actually you might want to call Nicole instead because she does all the advertisement for Dave. So when you talk okay. to David, um, he does he's a mechanic, so he does all the inspections and all that kind of stuff. Alaska has a different set of rules than we do. Um, but um, I would definitely get a hold of people that are like your the business that you can be in. And the only person I know in the mafia is David Smith. That's a that's a mechanic and a detailer. Uh, is there okay. anyone else, Chris, that's a, a, a mechanic and detailer? I think yeah, I'm right here. Who? I'm master certified in BMW oh, and yeah. ASE. Yep. Oh, I didn't Corey, know that. Corey, um, I think so the Alan, biggest thing is for me, I tell people that, but the, my biggest thing sometimes, like I just had one that had a ton of water up underneath the carpets and I told them, it's not that I don't know how to do this. It's the fact that my insurance doesn't cover me to remove your seats because my insurance would be a whole lot more if I'm able to remove seats and remove wheels and stuff like that. So just with as small of a business I am right now, I don't pursue trying to get that insurance. Are you are you, are you ASC certified or are you BMW yeah I'm ASC certified? master certified and then I'm uh, BMW European certified. Holy crap! Okay. So you just don't you don't carry the insurance for the mobile mechanics? Uh, yeah, I don't have the proper insurance to fully do it, but I have just enough to do the detailing side of it. Okay, so that's and have you looked in the mobile mechanic side and how much that insurance will cost you in comparison to just detailing? No, I haven't looked into that. There's a just because I work at a shop yeah. as it is. I work at an independent shop during the uh, day and I detail at night, okay. but I'm able to get the customers from the European shop. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Where that's are you something... based out of? I'm over in uh, <clears throat> Oregon. I'm right there Oregon. by Chris Lee okay. and Adam Garvin. So I, I, work, I work 20 miles away from my house. So I'm able to actually get work out of the shop uh, after five o'clock. So that way I can kind of do a little more different customers than Adam and Chris can. And I okay. can also offer pickup and delivery. So I can pick up cars from the shop, take them all the way home, do, do whatever I need to do and bring them back Monday morning. All right. So Ramiro, do you, have you checked out what the mobile detail, mobile mechanic prices for insurance? Uh, yeah, I do have insurance, but realistically i have to go through it again to make sure that it that it is the right stuff because uh when i did start the business i did look into it um but now with all the information that i've gathered um throughout this past year i just have to double check and make sure that i'm covered in many of the aspects of it because i i, I yeah. didn't mention and bring it up to the to the insurance agent when i was looking for insurance um what i was looking for um but yeah i have to go through ask, and make sure ask your was... insurance carry about mobile mechanics so okay. the only reason is my dad was a mechanic for my whole life and so i get the whole insurance thing but i also get like when he did some mobile stuff he had it's they didn't even have insurance back then when he had mobile stuff but nowadays mm -hmm. they have mobile mechanics and they definitely have insurance so it'd be something worth um especially when you're not working on the engines you're just taking seats out you're taking the wheels off so it may be something a little bit different price and you can kind of look at you know the 
the different pricing on that because it maybe you don't need the full coverage of the engines. Maybe it's just the coverage of the basics of wheels and seats and stuff like that. Yes, because I, I did mention a, a lot of key points that I was searching for when it came to coverage. Um, specifically, some of the things were like uh, uh, coverage when I road test customer cars after repairing them or even prior to that, um, doing diagnosing and stuff like that when there was a drivability issue. Um, but yeah, I have to I have to go back and take yeah, a look. Just go to the basics for your detailing and start off with taking the seats out and taking wheels off because those are huge things, right? Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not doing an oil change right now, mobile, unless you want to. I mean, that would be rad. You could think about that. Okay, I'm going to go off on a super deep hole right now. Chris, <laughs> what were you going to say about you had, who else, anyone else was a mechanic and detailer in the group? Well, you got Corey, you got David Smith. I think Alan Morgan also is. Okay. So Alan's down in or up above uh, Jessica and him, I think. Okay. I think he is. I'm not 100% on that, but I know he does a lot of hot stuff. So. Uh, reflect on one hard decision you made where you had to make quick adjustments due to new information coming in. And what was the outcome? And what would have happened if you didn't make those quick decisions or adjustments, Chris? <laughs> and detailing-wise, oh, man. Um, I mean, we'd make it every day, quick decisions, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, just noticing, like, wheels, like powder-coated wheels, you know, don't, don't want to use brake bust or anything on that, stains them and everything like that. And we've caught that before, before it actually went into happening. Um, just because Vadim wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> yeah um if i wouldn't have i probably would have been paying about eight grand for some powder coated fancy rims but you know <laughs> well have you used the miami uh fully involved yeah fully involved absolutely absolutely that's I my new love... that's, that's my new go-to i won't I've i won't straight. do any of my fleet vehicles without it like it's so quick or even so we, some of like I have a BMW that always like I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's just got his foot on the brake because <laughs> his other two BMWs don't look like this BMW and he drives them more than this one. I'm like, what? He, he's I, not buy, not yeah. buying quality pads, it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. I mean, it's horrible. But no, but that stuff is amazing. That's and that's what we've we've gone to, you know. That's really good. Involved. Now, do you yeah. do fully involved with Breakbuster, or do you just do fully involved with? Straight, fully involved. It's so it's that good. I've just been going straight, straight to it for like a maintenance wash or something, and oh, yeah. that's just sprayed all so the thing. Quick, oh, I, dude. I even use it in the rubber underneath yeah. the wheel yeah. wells because it wheel. just it. Oh my god! I wish like I told them that when I MTE, I could kiss him. I was like, this is like made my business so much quicker when it comes to my fleet cars. That's, that's they've actually rebranded it. I know exactly what company makes that, but it's actually rebranded from another company. And him, and if I don't know if you know, y'all know this, but Mark Elliott is actually the firefighter on the bottom. He was going into a fully involved structure fire or a, a good high structure fire. He was walking up on the front porch, and that's that's <laughs> a picture of Mark Elliott. Oh my God! Yeah. 
And it's rebranded from another company. Well, is that Romero? What's the product you guys are speaking about? It's uh, it's Miami Lux, the Miami population, fully involved. Yep. Oh, I want to so ask you who the other. Oh, he has is. his own product line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is, not, is it is it car candy? It may be. <laughs> if you look at the colors, <laughs> oh. if you look at the colors, it tells us. Uh, I'm just saying that I, I may have got some samples from car candy that act just like that. And I said, well, I already use something called fully involved for Miami Lux. I don't. And she's like, oh, do you? Well, you should take this. And I'm like, OK. And I'm like, why is this the same color? And I looked at his stuff and it looks and it acts exactly the same. And, I, and they are. Car Candy is the blending company in Florida. Yep. They are the choice blending company, right? That's what yep. they do. They they make chemicals. They put them out. So very good stuff. And but but William does honor. He gives uh, Mafia a huge huge discount. Yeah. yeah, it's way cheaper than Car Candy. Yeah, actually, just don't, just don't try to order like five gallons for shipping. <laughs> but yeah, is it is it bad for five gallons for shipping? For him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him five gallon pill and yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, I love that stuff. Yeah, William told me it was better just to order a gallon at a time. He said to try to ship five gallons is a pain. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't great imagine. Stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, if I ever drive out to freaking Miami, I'll probably get like 20 gallons. Cause I go through it like I go through it more than any other product because it's so the use. Okay, we're going to go great. down a total rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well here's a good in what area are your competitors decisively maneuvering to give them a greater advantage over you what small incremental steps can you take to counter them so i wouldn't say i wouldn't say they're over going over me um so similar to what like brent was talking about so my marketing is I'm actually very good friends with who I consider my competitor um, across the river. Um, we push work to each other. You know, he's on the Georgia side. I'm on the South Carolina side, uh, and that's how I I invaded that. I I made the relationships with them. You know, to say, hey, listen, I'm not here. To, we, there's enough cars out here. Make that build that relationship with your competitors. Um, don't see them as competitors. Just see them as friends, another ally, and push off work to them. That's what I do. Because uh, sometimes those clients say, you know, I'm, I'm me being mostly mobile and they'll call me from Georgia and I'm just like, oh, there's somebody right down the road from you that can do the exact same thing. His prices are very similar. Here you go. And you can take it there. So works yeah. out better. I do uh, one. Oh, my dog. Sorry. She's she almost can get in the picture. Um, so. I have a guy that's uh, in Monterey, Monterey area, Watsonville. And he's the only guy that, that I, I've never met the guy, but um, I've done some of his clients and he's done some of my clients because I've, I follow him on Instagram. And like, when I look at his pictures, I'm zooming in, I'm like, okay, he's similar quality. 
he's mobile, he's doing the same service. So I give him clients that I, I, number one, that I just don't want to deal with anymore. Their attitudes suck and they want to pinpoint every single teeny tiny thing. And they're getting a $200 maintenance wash and clean. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend four hours on your, on your maintenance wash. That's just not, that's just not going to happen in my world. Um, Am I grateful for the business? I absolutely am in this time, but I will give him those clients because of the fact I'm just, I'm retired. I don't, I don't want to deal with them. Number two, um, he gives me clients that are prissy. He calls them his prissy clients. Like we'll chit chat on, on uh, the text message. And he's like, I got a prissy client and you deal with them way better than I do. And I'm like, I've got a pinpoint guy. And he deals with those guys way better than I do. And we will exchange clients all the time that way because of the fact that I, I just don't have the time when someone comes out in the middle of my detailing their, their two cars. Oh, by the way, um, well, yeah, I'm not done with the, I'm just not done with that portion yet. And he's like, oh, can I do this? Can I, can I get a towel? This, I'm, no, you can't. But if you want to come back out when I'm done, be more than happy to get anything that you see. But as of right now, I'm doing, I'm doing this section of the, of the process. And, and so this client has done that way too many times. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go as a client, but I do have another detailer um, that's going to be able to service you. And he's going to be able to do the quality and service that you would like. And I've fired clients because the fact that I just, I'm not going to put up with that type of stuff. Right. But at the same time, I have that relationship with Urbano that he's just going to do it. And then he's going to give me all those prissy clients that he does not want to deal with it. I have all the time in the world because most of them just want to talk about their classic car and he's just done doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, I totally, I love relationships. Yeah, and love that's relationships. Like even the ones that are look lower base, you know, if I got a client that calls me and Oh my God, I wasn't expecting to spend that for, you know, an exterior wash. Cause I just do a wash clay seal. I mean, that's my basic service. I don't do a wash, you know? And they'll be like, I'm just looking to get it washed. I'm like, Oh, here, I got two other guys out and I'll, have them, I'll pass them off work. You know, I'll pass yeah. them off work and to, and they always thank me, you know, so we got a good relationship. Oh you know? yeah. I, I do a lot of uh, telling clients how to do their own cars. Yep. because they just want to wash and quick back and i'm like do you, do you mind spending 20 minutes on your vehicle no i can do that i'm like perfect i want you to go to this gas station on this corner it's a touchless wash you're going to go through it you're going to get this towel that i have i'm going to send you the link to it and you're going to buy this towel and then you're going to go to the vacuum system and your their vacuum system is amazing and you're going to put in your two dollars and you're going to be able to vacuum your own car and wipe it down with this product and it's amazing. Yeah. And they literally will do that because they'll spend 20 minutes on their own car, but they won't do the full couple hours, right? Yeah. But they want to spend 20 minutes on their own car, but only want to pay you $40 to come out and wash their car. So I love that too. No. <laughs> In what areas? Uh, no, we just asked it. Uh, In what areas do you, are you hesitant to take action? You need to take more. Uh, aggressive toward solving a problem or seizing the initiative. 
and this is a large question, in what areas are you being too aggressive you need to detach, properly evaluate the solution to implement steps to mitigate and risk that you can control? So in what areas are you hesitant to take action and that you need to be more default aggressive in? Hmm. Where could I be more aggressive? I mean, you get up at like what five a.m. and start doing your your stuff, yeah, yeah. and everything, yeah. And I don't stop till well, you know, West Coast time. So I'm usually doing stuff all the way up to probably about eleven o'clock at night my time. So all right, so personal life, let's just change it up. Where could you be more aggressive in in your personal life? Oh wow. We already time know that you're a Muay Thai guy, so that's not it. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah. And that's two hours a night. So um more, I guess more of that time management, more aggressiveness towards that. Um, so I can actually have additional time for additional time for my family and self. I was and just probably, gonna ask if we asked your your lady friend <laughs> if you could be if you if you could like imagine her answering that question for you, what would she say? little more her time a little more us time on you know yeah because i'm i don't sit still i cannot sit still like <laughs> so so let's let's put something up like i did it for jessica right so let's uh let's make it so we're going to do dichotomy of leadership next right so in a couple weeks i'm going to ask you what have you done to give marcella some more time or what have you done to put more time towards your family yeah so can we challenge you to do something <laughs> yeah 20 I'm minutes down. 20 minutes chris is all i'm asking <laughs> yeah, what I can you do for marcella 20 more minutes to create more time for your personal life because you know you need it yeah yeah definitely i got i got it I all right that. that's gonna be awesome i can't wait to hear about it a couple weeks i'm excited <laughs> she's gonna be pumped She's going to freaking text me and be like, thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. All right. What did you put in here, Romero? Like, what, what was your chat? Uh, uh, Rich had to leave, and so did Romero. Oh, good evening. Oh, he had to go pick up his way. Well, we're almost done, so we're just going to blow through it. This chapter is not as bad. Uh, Discipline equals freedom, which Chris, you do an amazing job actually already of, of discipline. You you wake up, you're already there at 5 a.m. doing your marketing. You do your job, you go to Muay Thai a couple hours a night. And then, um, so that discipline, do you really feel like that much discipline gives you the freedom for other things? Yes, it will. I won't yeah. say yes. Now, but it will you know i'm taking those steps forward to get to where i want to be and by applying that discipline where do you see yourself i know it's not a question in the book but where where do you see yourself in one year with your discipline equaling freedom like where do you see yourself in one year with your goal of 
of whatever you want to choose personal business because you have you've got grandkids already yeah in fact i just got an announcement i got my second one on the way from the same oh my gosh congratulations that's amazing thank you fingers crossed everything's good yeah she goes oh my god that's awesome love you know what the best thing about grandkids are you know yeah, what I go, found? <laughs> they go home. <laughs> yeah, you literally can give them back to the parent and go, Yep, I'm done. Thanks, though. I got I all my good stuff. My daughter fuss, and I'm like, Oh, do I remember this day? I was saying the same thing about you. Right? <laughs> um, no, it would probably be honestly, if I keep up with the discipline, um, I got some goals that I'm trying to achieve right now. Um, going to be a bit, little bit different level um my business. Say, well, well before you finish answering take us through your day because i don't think people realize actually how disciplined you are like i sometimes i don't think you know but i think about like i think about things like when i wake up at 5 a.m and i just want to stay in bed i'm like well chris can do it i can do it yeah if so and so can do it i can do it so when i picture myself not doing it and I want to stay in bed and I really I'm freaking retired I don't need to get up yeah but at the end of the day I've started this business and I have a commitment to myself and to my clients right so I think that having that discipline is something so I I thank you because like when I learned about your process every day it made me feel better that So if you could go ahead and explain what, what time do you wake up in the morning? Tell us your tasks of the day because you have an extremely busy schedule every day. Yeah. So, um, so usually in my wake up time, usually it will, it will fluctuate a little bit um, based off my, my daughter's work schedule. I try to, she works swing shifts. So I try to join us to that, but usually five o'clock in the morning, I'm up, um, I'm trying to usually do an hour of marketing a day, get my day planned out through there. I'm prepping my vehicle before I leave. Um, then I run her out to work. Usually I am listening to Jocko, um, honestly. Uh, I'm listening to him um, or David Goggins on there because I got yeah. a good look back and forth. Um, and that really sets my mind for today. Like li- literally, you listen to that. For oh, as soon yeah. and as soon as you wake up in the morning, the earlier you can get that stuff into your ear going, it's gonna adjust your day. Um, uh, get back home, uh, make sure the van's ready to go. Um, Vadim gets in, and we hit our jobs or whatever we got to do for that day. Um, honestly, we try to finish up usually no later than three to four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so you know my services are a little. I don't go for quantity of cars. I go for, you know, the quality and the type of services that I provide. Um, we get back in, uh, unload, get ready. I immediately am checking my gym bag, filling up my water cooler, and I'm out the door headed to Muay Thai. Um, usually Muay Thai, I'm there, like I said, at least at least an hour, at minimum an hour, but usually two, um, hour and a half, two. And then... Um, from there, I'm on usually board meetings. On top of that, during the day, I also catch IDA meetings because I'm on the board for them, and I take several calls and committees throughout the day for them. Um, 
night is usually board type stuff, um, catching up and in my day, um, make sure I've, okay, if I got to get my daughter, depending on what time she gets off, I've already got her uh, and I'm back home. Um, got little man. So I to make sure, you know, he's in running clubs. He wanted me to come yesterday. So I took time out to make sure I saw him run in running club. Um, and we kind of do the nightly routine. Uh, we try to sit down and eat, you know, as a family, you know, sometimes that's a little tough, but we do try to take time out for that. Um, and then of course, you know, my meetings I, and I'm on the phone usually with some type of board member, mafia member until about 10, 1130. Um, and then uh, I do, I do a little quick workout before I go to bed. <laughs> I got a little workout I do before I go to bed and then, uh, I'm out and do it all over again. That's usually about six days a week. So how many workouts do you do a day? Uh, usually two, a minimum of two. One of them's a two hour and then the one's usually about a good 30 minute, 45 minutes. That's some discipline right there. Yeah. And how many yeah. days a week do you do that? And then I usually try to run in the morning too. Oh, every day, six days a week, a minimum of six days a week. I usually try to run in the morning if I can. If I got enough time, I'll go take off and I'll do about a right at a mile and I'll just pour it out you know can, can I ask you if that's a PTSD issue probably so keep my mind <laughs> I just like dude I I got you I know where I went to Maryland I went to the IFF center yeah it's yeah. uh like when people don't understand the amount of things that you can get done in a day and then yeah. I think of Chris Williams I'm like like I don't even get three quarters of the stuff done now that I'm retired that you do in a day. You talk to me when if, if if you talked to me like when I was like when I was working, that was be a different thing, right? When I was on the job, it was completely different. But now that I'm retired, it's yeah. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. And I still go to the gym five days a week because that's my sanity. Yeah. That's I have to do a minimum five days a week or else I will, it'll come out in a different way. That's not happy for you or I, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's but, zero, uh, coffee. zero coffee, yeah. zero energy drinks, has zero sodas, none of that. None, none of that. Protein shakes and because uh, I'm training, I'm, I'm trying to go to Thailand right after SEMA, trying to be in what, Thailand. What are you going to do in Thailand? Train or training and fight. Did not know that. Yeah, um, we're shooting for uh, right after I get back from SEMA. I'm going to try to go over there in November for um, it'll be 11 total days traveling, but I'll be there seven days working out like constantly. And their workouts are a lot more intense compared to over here. We work out half a day, um, then we take a break, and then we got an evening workout. And have you ever gone to Jocko's camp yet? Not That's yet. No. In two years, I want to go. Yeah. Well, two years my, is my goal. My goal for Thailand was actually pushed off, but um, I thought it was going to be pushed off, but it moved up on me. So I'm kind of excited about it. That's amazing. Yeah. It just goes to show you there's so many hours in a day. It all depends on how you schedule it, right? Yeah. There's so many hours in a day. But I want to be ready when I go there, you know? So it's that training, training, training. That's motivating me to get in there, you know? And, and, your support system for this um 
How is that going? Uh, she she actually she pushes me. The more you talk, she, she is the one that actually like, no, you need to do this. This is this is the greatest thing I've seen you have doing, you know? Yeah. So she's really, really supportive of it. That's awesome. Um, well, we don't need to really ask if you impose any more uh, discipline processes. I think that you got that down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about Ryan? We'll, we'll ask Ryan that question. What other discipline processes do you think? Or we can ask Corey or, or either Ryan. And if you guys feel like you can put some more discipline processes into your day that could create more substantial outcomes for you, whether it's personal life or outputs and outputs, meaning like, what are you giving back to your community? For me, it'd be more disciplined and just waking up on time and making sure that I wake up a little earlier so I can get some more stuff done throughout the day. Cause it seems like once I actually go to my full-time job, then I'm screwed. Like I can't do my business or anything like that there because I'm there for that business, not for my business. So if I take an extra routine and do the business early in the morning or something like that, then I can see I can, that can actually help me in the long run. What about, uh, Ryan? Reading Ryan, and we'll call him. Uh, yeah, for my process, I like to, uh, I wake up in the morning and I, I pray and I meditate and then I'll do some yoga. And when I do that first thing, it, it helps me get my day started off on the right track. Now, if I skip that or for some reason, I'm like coming to the shop super early, I feel off, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll take like 10, 15 minutes over here just to to meditate and, and do some yoga. But the thing that I would like to add is working out in the mornings again, because now I do it at, at the end of the day and it doesn't work out all the time. Like I get off late sometimes, you know, I get home, I have three kids. So it's not like mama's been home with them. She's ready yeah. to strangle them. So She's it's my done. turn to step up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's done. Yeah. So it's like eight, nine o'clock at night sometimes when I work out you know so daddy daycare needs to come home at seven yeah it's that wind down time you know after that workout where it's like well i got two or three hours for my brain and my body to wind down after i work out so, so something i'd like what time do you ahead. wake up in the morning i try to wake up at five every day does it happen no and uh it's it's gonna start again listening to that book and him being like you know the first the first uh, test of the day is waking up on that first alarm. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to start doing that again because I've, I've been on the same, same set, like same mindset as Chris Williams. You know, I listened to Jocko and I listened to uh, oh, yeah. David hey. Goggins, man, you put David Goggins in your ear. You can do anything. That makes <laughs> you run a hundred miles in 24 hours. Like <laughs> you can do anything. Like he's just, man, you know, I can do that. Maybe or, not that, but something or, close. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of the Lake Tahoe 100? They go from Tahoe down to like Sacramento area. It's the 100 miler. No, I haven't. Those people, those people amaze me because they do that whole 100 mile run every year. Yeah, it, that reminds me where I haven't been disciplined. I was listening to uh, David Goggins book and reading it. And I used to listen to it every morning and go running. Just listen to it while I'm running. 
and I get cramps and everything just push through it and it just helped me go. So I set those little goals for myself, you know, one week I'm going to run five miles straight, like within that first week. And I was running like a mile or two in between then. And then the next week was 10 miles. Well, by the first week I ran five miles, like three different times and just destroyed my legs. And so by the next <laughs> week I was, I was healing by the time, like it was that next Thursday and my legs were just starting to feel better. It was like eight o'clock at night, told my wife like, Hey, I got to go do this and ran 10 miles that night just straight. Cause I knew if I didn't do it that day, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Have but you, I said, uh, I'm going to give you another book, Ryan. Okay. Cause I, I, I'm sure Chris Williams, and if you haven't, Chris, uh, and William H. McRaven, he gives a perfect speech on Make Your Bed. I'm sure everybody has oh. seen the Make Your Bed speech by William McRaven. He also, yep. he's a big writer, and he's also yep. one of Jocko's um, mentors in the, in the armed services. And he does a book called Sea Stories. So if you haven't listened to it on Audible, he actually reads it himself. Okay. It, I, I, I don't know what it is about like Jocko and Leaf and it, it's, and if I were to pick, I would not pick Jocko. I, I would pick McRaven. And the reason why there are some stories in his books that I just ground with and, and I love Jocko, but even his mentor is like, he's like my, He's like my end all be all military. You will do this. And this is the best thing you could do. But he's so soft spoken and soft how he does it that it's and Jocko's more gruff. And maybe that's the reason why. But uh, McRaven is like very on it, but soft at the same time. And it is like probably one of one of my top five books. Is see stories by William H. McRaven. And um, SEA? SEA, yeah, see stories. Okay. And um, one of the stories he talks about a failure that he had that he thought he was going to get fired from being a naval guy. And his extreme ownership of that story is just amazing. Another uh, book that he does is called The Hero Code. I know. I'm like, I'm, I literally all, I don't listen to the radio. I don't, I'm so horrible. I listen to audible all the time and I listen to podcasts like all the time. So, um, I've got like, I think I have like 108 titles in my audible library and sometimes I just re-listen to them, but I swear you will, you will love these stories. You're going to go running tomorrow at 5 a.m. and you're going to listen to William H. McRaven, either the hero code or a sea stories. And you will text me. I love this book. I guarantee it. I will do one of those things. I will listen to that book. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jordan in game six right now. I'm on, I'm on like my, I first don't know. It's like probably from... like 28 degrees where you're at. So I don't know if I oh, go it's, running. it's a little yeah. bit warmer, but I'm, I, I just had the flu and I'm yes. at work. I'm, I'm just secluded in my shop working on stuff <laughs> I shouldn't be <laughs> when I should be home. So I'm probably uh, not going to run tomorrow, but I'll definitely listen to that book. See, and we just answered, are there any 
other traits you or your organization have that tend to be extreme, is there anywhere you can be more balanced? Well, Chris Williams is extreme, right? He's very delineated. He's, he's got this thing, right? So he's got an extreme schedule. If you were to be more balanced, I mean, he does Muay Thai two hours sometimes a day. I mean, and he picks up, I, like, he does a lot of amazing things all day long, right? So if you were to think, if you could have balance out your schedule, Chris, what would it be? What, what could you balance it out to be a little bit more balanced, you think? Yeah, that's tough because I don't want to change anything. That's just the way I am. I just don't want to change anything. I like the way things are. Yeah. But if you could balance it, what could you balance it with? If you could add your 20 minutes, you could add a half an hour, you could add an hour, 10 minutes, five minutes to balance out something, what would it be? Or And it's okay if you say nothing, too. Uh, I mean, if I could get – if I could – Vadim up to you know where he would he could run a business which I mean that wouldn't be that's not gonna be possible right now but to where he could take care of the business a little bit more to give me a little bit more me time whether it be the family side or more training side that'd be great you know I want to get to that point where I can kind of back away from my business and let things go so I can you know of course build him up but that would definitely help me along my little craziness world I got going on <laughs> so I know that for me I, I need to walk my dog now that it's stopping the rain um I know it's weird like saying my dog but my dog is like dude my dog is a rock star like I I started training her in the fire department to be a search and rescue dog and they were going to pay for it before I got retired out and so she's got these mad skills and but at the same same time she's because she was being trained that way she has to be with me so much yeah um so I think more time with my dog and if you ever watch my tiktoks I'm always taking a tiktok of my dog like going to work with me I call her the detail dog because she's always going with me everywhere down to the barrier and stuff but I think walking her more would be the perfect uh, balance of my life because I've worked out five days a week. That's all I really want to do anymore in my life. And um, walking my dog more and spending more time with my dog because she deserves it. That's a weird thing to say, but my personal life is, is already there. So it'd be more time with my dog. What about you, Ryan? Um, for my personal life, I think that finding a better balance between work and home, like getting home at five. I mean, I don't know how many times I've told my wife, no, I'm going to be at home at five. That's why I have these employees like, no, that's, I'm going to be home at five and making that happen. And now that our dent, our dynamics changed a little bit, she's working as well. And then going to school to become a nurse. Oh, good so for her. Needs me to step up and do that. And uh, finding that balance and knowing when to shut it off, you know. And as far as business goes, um, 
managing my own expectations on a detail and not doing more than I'm getting paid for because I will preach it to my guys all day, but I run across it and I'm like, Nope, we're going to run two stage on this. Like it's not coming out. Like I want it to like, yep. just do it. Yep. And it's, uh, it's like managing my own expectations and telling my main guy, like, Hey, you need to check me when I do this. Like you need to tell me like, Hey, they're not paying for this. And I'm going to give you a reason why we need to, but challenge that. You know, it's it's having that support here and then having that support at home, helping my wife feel supported in her goals and her dreams, because the last five years has been all me like, oh, no, it's my business. It's my thing. You know, like I need to work. We need to grow this. Like and so it's all been selfish. And now it's stepping back and being like, OK, now she needs that support. So. There. Once you say those words, I trust you more. Can you do this job for me? You know what's going to happen? You're going to gain more time because just like Chris is giving more uh, time to Vadim to like give that structure of, of letting him take over leadership. I think that whoever your lead guy is, if you keep encouraging him to be better than what he is and saying those trust words, it's going to pump up his confidence, which is going to allow you to take more time for your family. Yeah. Cause you're so OCD. I can already see it. Like you are so OCD. It's, it's disallowing you to, to not make that jump. Right. Yeah. Chris so, is over explaining Vadim and I'm like, Oh man, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm looking at your shop going, man, those lights are so rad. Uh, I, I just think that that's your key to more family time. I think that like this book and in the book club is really helping you like go, Oh shoot. Yeah. Right. Well, just what uh, you said today, like you've said, you've read it five times, but the sixth time is when you got it. There's all of us that have like read or listened to books over and over again, but it's that sixth, the seventh or eighth time that all of a sudden you hear something you thought, when, when did this get in the book? real yeah it's going through it and like missing something before and i'll be real like especially like this last uh book club meeting we had and then i see the replay i opened up because i'm like all right like i need to get more comfortable talking to people you know like this is the only way there's only like four people on here and you know shared to the group i'm like oh i thought this was closed man i didn't know (laughs) i'm gonna be seeing this Oh, it's just not closed, bro. Like I, I put this out to the whole world. What are you talking about? Like it's a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you, Corey? What's your answer? Um, I mean, at least personal, whatever, what I've done with my wife and I, we just, we kind of just try to pick one day out of the week to just be her and I not no kids no nothing we you know, whether it's just hopping in the car and driving over to the park and talking for a little while or we go out to eat or something like that I mean that's kind of our process we started like six seven months ago and that helped a lot with us being able to communicate a little better because we've always had you know those times where I start getting irritated or she gets irritated I'm like what the heck's going on nothing and it's like well what the heck and then finally it comes out and it's like really You've been keeping that up for like three, four months ago when we could have just 
talk this out like then and there. So, I mean, that helped a lot for that. I mean, the other stuff for me, business wise, I mean, I'm doing it right after five. I mean, I get off at five, I get home by like six and sometimes I'd have cars. Um, like months ago, I would just start on cars and then it was like, this is a pain in the butt. I wouldn't be going to bed till midnight and stuff like that. And so I just dialed it back and I was like, I just let people know, Hey, you're going to have to at least give me two nights. So that way I was able to be able to do my QC process and be able to actually, you know, do a complete job where I'm not rushing. So, I mean, that's helped me a lot too. It's just kind of, you know, seeing, Hey dude, you're not, you're not doing the quality that you're wanting. So, or I end up staying up super, super late. And I'm like, I can't do that. So it was like the heck with it. We're just going to tell people we need a little more time. And then it, it worked out. And then I don't that's get awesome. all the, you know, the picky people. Well, no, that's so awesome. I because just, you're, and you something noticed, that Andrew told yeah. me, Andrew was like, Hey, you're in the, you're in a spot to where you can pick and choose who you want. So yeah. you need to start doing that. And I was like, well, crap. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Cause here's the, at the end of the day, if you don't do that, your relationship is suffering. Yeah. If you do do that, then your quality of service is suffering. So by you just asking for that extra day is a perfect example of, of how you're able to, to make that happen. So that's great. What about you, Ryan De Silva? Is he still, are you still there, Ryan? I'm here. Yeah. I'm still here. Do you, do uh, you know what? Honestly. Yeah. Could you just remind me what, what was the question? What do you think? Basically it's just something that you can do to, to pump up, every day right so um we're all extreme like i say chris williams schedule is probably one of the most extreme schedules i know of someone who does it every day on a consistent basis people say that they do but chris is the only one that i know that actually does it for real every day um and if you were to kind of like balance out your schedule from something that it's extreme and I know that you took away from your full-time job and now you're just doing Paragon, right? Yeah, correct. So what can you do to balance out your extreme day or make it more extreme? I need to make it more extreme. Honestly, this winter has been rough. Um, you know, I start the month going, I need to pull some strings to, to, to make it through. And by the end of the month, I'm, I'm you know, I barely coasting by. So, um, yeah, you know, big, big, uh, big eye opener this winter, how things can slow down and how it can affect me. Um, I've just been trying to stay motivated. I could probably be a lot better at marketing and the business side of things. And that's something I'm working on, but, um, yeah, you know, I feel like I have too much time to myself and too much time on my hand. So what time um, do you wake up in the morning? It varies. I mean, I like, I try to get up at six, seven, but, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. Depends. So I'm, I'm going to put a challenge, like Chris accepted a challenge, right? I asked mm -hmm. him to do 20 minutes more. It's not a day. It's just 20 minutes more somewhere in his week with, with Marcella. So I'm going to ask you, give me two days out of the week that you're going to wake up 30 minutes more. And then when we do dichotomy of leadership, I'd love for you to explain if you're willing to take on that. I mean, it's kind of hard. You're, you're on a podcast in front of people. So you kind of got to. <laughs> you know right? Always up um, for a chance. 
So 30 minutes twice a week, I want you to wake up earlier to do something for Paragon then. All right, my marketing. I'll do my marketing. That's all you got to do twice a week for 30 minutes. I can do that. And then I want you to tell us um, in a couple of weeks when we do dichotomy of leadership, how that's changed. And if you've seen a change, because it'll probably take about a month for you to see a change, but maybe a yeah. month or two. But I want to know the change that's happened with you and how you feel about it. Challenge accepted. I'm right on. Totally up for that. Perfect. Ryan, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what Ryan's just gonna Reading Ryan's just gonna have to start trusting his other employee a little bit more so he can get more time for his wife so he can uh, do daddy got, daycare. I gotta get a phone call with Jessica Rook and steal her 90 day employee thing and just re go through everything. She's Jessica Rook is probably one of the most um underutilized most intelligent people i know about leadership and business like she should be corporate somewhere um i've had so many talks with her about so many different things and it's she's got so much knowledge skills and abilities like more than i could ever imagine that she needs to be running some huge business and she could do it so well with so many different things that she knows about her uh, her organization like yeah. draws me into where i'm like oh i'm so disorganized compared to you like i need to have a conversation like i need to just yeah. get a like okay she does are... not she does not take care of her like if you can ask chris like she doesn't do jessica though jessica literally does everybody else but jessica so like her challenge and she's still working on the challenge because I talked to her about it. I'm like, hey, how did it go this week? You know, like it's just I think we challenged her five or ten minutes, right, Chris? It's just something super small, right? And she's she's doing it a couple of days a week, but um the huge thing is that she does everything else in life besides Jessica. So her challenge is to do Jessica, right? But yeah, she's she's freaking amazing. She's one of my heroes for sure in business wise. She knows she's what she's a, doing. She's got a Chris Williams or not Chris Williams, uh, Chris Woolman problem, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. What are we gonna challenge Corey to? Hmm. Corey, I don't know you that well. We're gonna have to challenge you to something. Everybody gets challenged. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my dog walk, an extra dog walk every day for five days a week. Yeah, for me, some of it's going to the gym more too. Well, and like I said, my biggest issue is waking up on time. I I usually I got to be out of the house by seven, and lately I've been waking up at like six thirty, six forty five. Then I'm like, oh uh, shit, dude, I gotta, you gotta go now. I, you you need to <laughs> you need to do the five a.m. club, but. Let's yeah, start I you know, off. that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I need to get up by five and start doing some marketing what stuff. What time do you go to bed to at night? During the week. Usually to... 1030 is when my alert goes off and says, hey, get your ass to bed. Hey, I'm going to challenge you to wake up at 5 a.m. twice or three times a week. All right. Are you, what do you think? Two or three times a week? Whatever you choose. I'll do three. You want to do three? <laughs> yeah, let's do three. Harder to go home, man. 
<laughs> That's where I'm at. He's going well, big. Like He's gonna like text me tomorrow morning saying, "No, f you." <laughs> well, it'd be during the week. Let's say let's say Monday through Friday, but yeah, not, no, that's not, it. Monday not weekends. Through, we're we're so. not talking. We're not cutting into our personal lives, right? On on business <laughs> yeah. stuff. This is Monday through Friday. We're not pulling a Chris. Chris yeah. is doing this six to seven days a week. We're we're, we're normal human being. Tomorrow's a three hour workout. Yeah, yeah. look at it. <laughs> tomorrow's a three hour workout. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I certainly that was it for the uh, extreme ownership dichotomy of leadership. Um, how many of you have dichotomy leadership already or have already read it? So you got Ryan. Have you done that, Chris, dichotomy of leadership? I haven't. Just bits and pieces. I'll, I'll go through it. Okay. And um, so that's our next book is dichotomy of leadership. And we'll start it in two weeks. Is so, that good enough for everybody in two weeks? Is the workbook that goes with it? There's not a workbook. It's just going to be me flying by the seat of my pants. Okay. Oh. So you come up with your own questions. Dude, I, I come up with questions all the time, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be we'll be having fun. If you guys have anything, um, I'd love for your input. It's always great. No, I just um, like the questions. That's the biggest thing is if we read a book, at least have something to go off of, you know, to get the conversation going. Oh yeah. It's or like it's, you said, with like the key points. It's key points and um the huge thing is just learning from each other and going through the book and, and understanding like there's so many different things that extreme ownership brings, but the dichotomy of leadership is, is explains extreme ownership and, and the why of extreme ownership, I believe. Um, but it'll, it'll definitely be a good, if you haven't read it, it's an amazing book. Um, or if you haven't listened to it, it's it's an amazing listen. So we'll do that in two weeks and we'll have fun. And then um if you guys don't know I'm doing another podcast, so I'll plug that one. Um, starting it with Tony Mazel, and we're doing the science of detailing. So oh, cool. we're gonna start that in a couple of weeks. It's just about uh the science like understanding pH balances and more of a um, a thoughtful process of what detailing is. Um, there's no business or anything involved. It's basically going over chemicals and oh, cool. that kind of stuff. So like I said, I'm retired. I have a lot of time on my hands with, there's only so many customers like to take on per week. So <laughs> you guys have a good night. Thank you so much for participating. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See you guys. Bye, guys.